Happy Saturday, everybody, and happy 4th of July weekend. My name is Dan Teets, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. This is, of course, a throwback episode. Today, we are going back to our normally scheduled programming with our 1950 episode. Whoa, yeah. We were doing podcasts back in 1950. With the 1950 movie, Treasure Island, it is me and Icky talking about the movie. So, hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Have fun. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, greenest state in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. marked a new era in motion picture entertainment, now sets a new milestone with his first all-live action feature, Treasure Island, the story which thrilled 200 million readers throughout the world. Only Walt Disney could bring to realistic life and with such dramatic impact, Robert Louis Stevenson's memorable characters. Long John Silver, portrayed by that world-famous star, Robert Newton. We can take this ship right now. Then I say, cut the throats. And I say, there'll be no killing till I give the word. Shipmates. Shipmates. Bobby Driscoll, the 1949 Academy Award winner for his outstanding performances in The Window and So Dear to My Heart, plays Jim Hawkins, the boy who faced a thousand dangers. One more step, Mr. Hands, and I'll blow your brains out. Yes, they're all here. Pompous Squire Trelawney, Captain Smollett, Dr. Livesey, the murderous Black Dog, rum-swigging Billy Bones, the villainous Blind Pew, and poor Ben Gunn, marooned on Treasure Island. Another exciting episode of Be Kind Rewind, your Disney movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dan Plaid. No, wait, that's not right. Logan Nance. Wait, I'll get it. No, no. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dan Teets. And with me, back off of hiatus, is Ichabod Bones. Well, my friends call me Icky. How's it going, Dan? It is a wonderful... I was just reminiscing a couple of minutes ago, right before we started recording, about all the different 
um, nom de plumes that I've had. And I don't even think you knew about Dan Plaid. Because, no, no. Because that was actually a um, a very short-lived name that I had when I first started doing radio at Liberty. C91. And it lasted all of one show. <laughs> because I had this whole long... Well, my show was supposed to be called Connective Discourse Exercise. Just because I thought it sounded hip and cool and that's what all the kids did. Sounds good. And I even put up flyers on around campus. And about 20 minutes into the first show, Sean Andrews comes in and says, What are you doing? That's not you. You need to stop that and just use your regular name. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the connective discourse exercise lasted not even a full four-hour shift at C91. Wow. And then I turned into Logan Nance when I started trying to be a um, reporter, which brings us to how you first met me, because Uh it was a umpire's strike of 1994, and for some reason I could not remember how the story that I had just written 15 minutes earlier went. (laughs) And so it led to the umpires are striking the ball. No, wait, the the balls are striking the umpire. No, no, baseball is under strike. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and, never and, forget that. And needless to say, every time that a couple of people see me, which isn't very often, they always remind me of that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, of course, Logan Nance is my writing name, and that is how a lot of my stuff is actually going out. That's how I used to have a blog under Logan Nance back in the days when people wrote blogs, which Grayson still does write blogs. Yeah, some people still do. Yeah. And then, of course, now I am going just by the very generic Dan Teets. Go with what works. Yeah. Can you believe this is our 21st episode? Wow. We are officially legal. (laughs) So I shall raise a glass of non-alcoholic water to us as we get started in on tonight's show and we are covering the second movie from 1950 this one is treasure island with the second movie with my namesake in it okay you're gonna have to break this down captain bones oh billy bones yeah my namesake man you got a lot of namesakes in the disney archives i totally i totally forgot about about this one now it's Billy Bones, my great, 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 great something. Uncles, roommates, mothers, dog. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so what does that make you? Absolutely nothing. Nothing, yeah. This one was actually released June 29th, 1950. It did a pretty good amount of business. It did million dollars in revenue, which is 43.8, 43.9 in today's money. So it's still fairly good especially considering they were still trying to recover from late 40s debacles of all their movies that were losing money. Yeah, and they had, we didn't even mention it, when we covered, uh, what was it, Dumbo, Disney was going through a major strike. The the artists, I forgot to even mention this. I don't know why I didn't mention this. All the animators were trying to form a union, and Disney wasn't having it. And so there was a big labor, a big strike, and a lot of his artists turned on him, and it was an ugly mess. Kind of a dark spot in Disney's history during Dumbo. 
So they were trying to recover from that and get things going again. So, yeah, they were trying to turn things around and make them go the right way. And this was actually the first full live-action movie. And I could have sworn that I've seen this movie once or twice before, or at least I knew the the important sticking. Yeah, well, it's a classic tale, right? Yeah. Of course, I could just be getting it confused with Muppets Treasure Island, which we will cover in about another 25 or 30 years. Yeah, exactly. And how about that little boy? Haven't we seen him before? He looked awfully familiar. He could have been. I'm not sure if we had... But this was wasn't he in? It was in one of the other movies we've watched, I think. Give me a sec. Let me. I, I didn't look it up, but I swore he was in Tom Tom was it Tom's Boy's Island? Is that the one we watched with the three boys and they got stranded on the island? I could have swore it was the same boy. Me here. This is making for great radio, and most of this will probably end up on the cutting room floor because of truncating silence. But well, you know the Disney's they do that a lot. They'll have the same artist or the same voice actors in a lot of a lot of their cartoons you recognize the same voice mm-hmm. so it, it's and they use the same actors yeah so it's very possible that it's the same boy but i thought for sure what was the movie we just watched where they the, the dad got stranded on well the dad didn't want to leave the island and the mom wanted to leave and then there was a big storm and was that treasure island no this is treasure island was that robinson crusoe no that was um swiss family robinson the yeah. RKO version, not to be confused with it. Right. I think that's the same boy that played the youngest son in Swiss Family Robinson. But in this movie, he was it was way darker. We'll get into that. No, that was not him. Because he actually didn't start acting until 1943. But I, I know where you're going with it, because he could have very well been the youngest boy in, the, in that movie, too. He looks awfully familiar. I wish I would have looked it up. So, the movie begins with a quote from Robert Louis Stevenson and a caption stating, The West Coast of England, and a man walking up to the Admiral Benbow, 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 whatever. And this is where we meet Jim Hawkins. Now, this man asks Hawkins if he's run into a man named Bone, and Hawkins replies no. The man looks in the corner, he sees a strong box, and it has the initial WB on it, and he runs off. Now, an old man comes down the stairs, drinks some rum, which causes Jim to say he's going to run to the doctor, and after a while, he runs out and runs into a blind man. Now, the blind man gives the old man a note with a black spot on it, and the old man and Jim pull the strong box out, and the old man opens it up and reveals a map, in the top of the box that he gives to Jim and sends him all to find. Night falls and a band of men are trashing the Benbow because they're trying to find the strong box. And then some riders come up and run them all. Bones is dead, of course. And Jim shows the men who rode in with him what's known as Flint's map. And then Trelawney, who's one of the two men that helped run off the um, band of guys, proposes that they need to go get a ship and go find the treasure. Sometime later, we arrive in Bristol, and we find that Trelawney has hired the Hispaniola and a one-named cook named Long John Silver. Silver gets recruited to find the crew for the ship and asks for Jim to help him for for the day. Now, after Jim makes friends with Captain Flint, who happens to be Silver's parrot, 
The strange man who had come into the Benbo comes in and Jim chases him out of the inn. Jim's given a, a gun by Long John Silver and we cut to the crew loading the Hispaniola. After the captain sees the crew, he says he doesn't like anything to do with his whole voyage. Uh, well, the ship sets sail and the first mate finds a gun on one of the crew. The crew starts to grumble about not having weapons and the man who had the gun lifts up his um, lifts up his pants leg, shows he's also got a knife, which Long John Silver promptly confiscates and throws overboard. Now, during all of the loading of the boat, Long John Silver had also smuggled in a bottle of rum and decides that he's going to share it, quote unquote, with the first mate. The storm arises, and the first mate's presumed to have been washed overboard, but we all know that Long John had something to do with his death. The crew again starts to grumble, and just then land is spotted. Jim gets pulled into the captain's quarters and is convinced to work as a spy, as he quickly tells the captain about the mutiny. And the anchors are about to be raised when the crew begins a mutiny that's quickly trounced until Long John Silver takes Jim prisoner. Jim jumps out of the boat when it, when it reaches shore and he runs up onto the beach. Somehow he evades the men and runs into an old crazy guy named Ben Gunn. Uh, the mutineers take the ship and Jim's re reunited with the captain at the stockade, which is up on the island. Long John Silver somehow gets back to the boat and after afterwards he frees the guns and heads back to the shore to discuss the exchange of the map in exchange for the men in the stockade's life. The captain refuses and Long John Silver over orders that the stockade gets overrun and the captain gets shot as Long John Silver's men retreat after they get routed. Jim sneaks out after he hears the captain talking about cutting the oars out of the boats and steals um, Ben Gunn's boat, which, the, which he promptly lets float away once he climbs up onto the Hispaniola. He gets chased to the crow's nest, but he shoots his attacker after he gets a knife in his arm for the troubles. The ship runs aground, and Jim raises the Union Jack in place of the skull and crossbones that the pirates had put up. Jim somehow makes it to the stockade and he passes out as he sees Long John Silver. The crew begins to talk about mutiny again and Long John Silver again shuts them all down. He calls for the doctor, but not before he looks and sees the Union Jack on the Hispaniola. And the crew says they won't trade Jim until they get the treasure. So the crew sets off to find the treasure after Long John Silver basically triples, triple spies... I'm, I'm sorry, after he agrees to save Jim in exchange for his own life. After they find out where the treasure is, they only find one gold coin, and they turn on Long John Silver, who shoots all but one of them down, who the last one ends up getting shot by the doctor. Ben Gunn shows up, says that he has the gold, and they look at the gold as Long John Silver asks for his freedom, but instead he's told he will have a fair trier back in England. All the gold gets loaded onto the longboat, and Long John Silver robs the men at gunpoint and once again takes Jim prisoner. Jim somehow steers the boat onto a sandbar, 
but he has second thoughts as he sees a boat coming after him. And so he pushes the boat out and Long John Silver lays sail and the movie ends with Jim throwing up his hand at Long John Silver saying, have a good day. Now, that movie was definitely not what I remember because for some reason I imagined a whole lot more or I remembered and this once again might be the Mandela effect. I might I remember it being a whole lot more punchy punchy slashy slashy run run. Yeah. I think I read the book as a child. I don't know that I ever saw this movie and I'm sure there are other versions of the movie out there. Disney didn't, you know, create this story. Yeah, this one, well, let me see. I actually had just had that up. It's been done. This was actually the fifth version of the film. Yeah. It was highly likely you saw another version of it. Yeah. And you're mixing them together. Oh, yeah. It was probably Treasure Planet starring everybody's favorite um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Makes sense. <laughs> but... Yeah, when when I sat down to watch this, I was under the impression that it was a whole lot more up-tempo and not quite as long and drawn out with just people just sitting on the boat, talking to each other. Yeah. And conniving. Well, part of our society, right? We've been so desensitized with Marvel movies. If we don't have action from the opening scene to the ending credits, and it's boring... And we've all seen the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, yeah. so we're expecting more action and Jack Sparrow and such. And so when you don't have that, it's, it's like, wow, this is dragging on. But the actual fact that this, well, I think I said that I remembered a little bit on Cinderella. Like, I remembered the the shoe being put on the foot, but I didn't remember how... It wasn't actually that shoe. It was the other shoe that she had slipped into her um, apron before she ran down the, the steps. Right. And, yeah, with this one, I can I can very distinctly remember the, the part at the very end, of course, where Long John's riding off into the sunset. Little Jim Hawkins? Jim Hawkins, yeah, it is. But it was... We had him standing, waving at the at the ship, which made no sense. Why didn't he just hop on board with Long John Silver and the <clears> two <throat> of them right off into the sunset? Yeah, I mean that would have that would have obviously made for a whole lot more interesting movie and would have left it open for sequels. But I guess that's the whole reason why it wasn't done was because if it's not broke why fix it why make another one things like that like um walt disney said with all of his movies until michael eisner came along and started deciding to make twos and threes and exactly. everything else like that oh so the boy who played jim hawkins i just looked it up he starred in some of disney's best known live action such as song of the south which we don't mention because it's not really a disney movie because they're tearing down that ride Right, so that's what I remember him from, from what he's the, the little boy in Song of the South. Okay, so we did actually see him, we just didn't see him in what we thought he would. Right, I knew I recognized him, I just couldn't place where. But yeah, definitely, yeah. And he actually was also in Melody Time. Maybe, so we, we saw seen, him there too? 
Yeah, we've seen him in a couple of... Oh, yeah, that was... It was... He was in the um, part at the very end when Roy Acuff, Jim Clark, whoever the cowboy was that was singing about Picos Bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was him and the girl from out of the Fee-Fi-Fo-Fum. Right. Now I remember. Yep, that's it. Yep. So, yeah, I could definitely see that it's they're starting to reuse actors probably because they had them on like a four or five picture deal. Yeah. Kind of like probably. Disney does nowadays. Yeah. What did you think of the movie? Other I think it fact- had more, I think it had more plot twists than a Marvel movie. Like I never knew which way it was going to go toward the end. Like, is he, is it Jim Hawkins going to stay with long John Silver? Is long John Silver the good guy? Is he the bad guy? Is he going to turn on him? Is he with the pirates? Is he not with the pirates? And I, it was just like a to me, it was very exciting because I didn't know which way he was going to go. Like, all right, let's make a deal and then let's double cross this. Like he felt, I felt like he was double and, and triple crossing, and it was like really cool. Yeah, that part was cool, and I I definitely would have to give it to who actually who actually was the writer of long of a, yeah of Long John Silver. <laughs> it was Robert Louis Stevenson, wasn't it? Right, right, the original, yeah, you're right. So, and I may have to go back and read this. I think I've actually got it somewhere on my um, Kindle, yeah, and it's somewhere in my pile of books to read. And now that I've actually seen the original Disney film, not to be confused with the 1918 film starring Francis <laughs> Carter, Bender, yeah. but the my big problem with the movie was the fact that, I mean, yeah, Long John Silver was playing both sides of the of the crew against each other because I yeah. think he was trying to figure out who was going to give him the better deal. And obviously when he sailed off over the horizon, he went over to America and founded the first Long Johns where yeah. he could still get a three-piece with fries <laughs> and hush puppies for 4.99. Yeah. This show is not brought to you by Long John Silvers. <laughs> Yeah, but it was the fact that from the very beginning you had this eerie feeling that something going to happen. You just didn't know where it was going to twist. Because yeah. when I first saw the guy with the one leg, I was like, okay, that's the bad guy according to everything that everybody has been saying up until now. Yeah. And then he ends up being the good guy for about a third of the movie, and then suddenly he switches back to being the bad guy. I mean, he had more heel turns than a, than a WWE superstar does nowadays. <laughs> I was just going to say that. How much of it was kayfabe? How much of it was real? We'll never know. Yeah. But when when he finally made the last turn at the very end, and he said, now get out and push me, you're like, oh, well, I guess he was the bad guy from the whole, from the from the very get-go, and he was just trying to manipulate everybody to get them to where he's the only one that gets anything. Yeah. Because didn't he, I think, well, no, he actually didn't shoot anybody. He had the good guys shoot everybody. Yeah. After they let everyone dug else up, do his dirty work for him, huh? Yeah, after, after they dug up the gold, and then old Doc and Huckleberry come riding in to rescue Jim. <laughs> yeah. And it was one of those deals where you're like, okay, I didn't see that happening. But, I mean... It's it right was... off the bat. As soon as the movie starts, you've got young Jim Hawkins 
what, 10, 11 maybe, yeah. serving hard liquor at a bar and then lying about who the who the bar, who the ruler of the household is, whatever, covering for Billy Bones. Like, it, wow, they've got this. And they've got the kid carrying a gun later. I mean, wow. Serving, serving rum, lying. It was intense. And he had a concealed weapon, so obviously he had gone to the courthouse to get that before he, he got he on board a, the boat. Yeah, he took a concealed carry class and <laughs> got a certification. Yep. Yeah. And then we all... Actually, I just thought about something. What happened to the old crazy guy? <laughs> did he just know. get did he just get left on the island with the rest of the crew of the HMS Bounty? Oh, you mean Gollum? My precious. <laughs> Actually, I think that's another um Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. That's who he reminded me of. Yeah. He, ben, he was Ben Dog or Ben Ben Gunn. Like was that his name? His name was Ben Gunn. Not to be ben related Gun. to the B.A. Billy Gun and the road dog <laughs> Jesse James. So we are bringing all the wrestling knowledge in on this episode. Yeah. Because, I mean, I just realized that I was because I'm I'm reading through the reading through the synopsis again as I'm and as I'm actually looking and I'm like he got left on the ship or not left on the ship he was left on the island. He had already been stranded there for how many years? When Four or five, something like that. When Long John left him with the gold? Well, his transformation to Gollum was almost complete, so he just needed a few more years <laughs> in Middle Earth. Maybe he went down to Middle Earth. I don't know. That, yeah. I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you that one. That, that's, the, that's the no prize. That's why he was actually left there. He had to go and find the One Ring to rule them all so he could run invisible. Right. Yeah. There it, it's connected somehow. But I don't know how that <laughs> one's actually connected to... No. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's a little bit of a stretch even for me. Quite a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, th- this was... And the fact that this was actually Disney's first live-action, complete live-action... Yeah. I mean, it makes you wonder... doesn't really make you... Because you're trying to figure things out as you go, but, I mean, it... Took you for a trip. Yeah. It had everything for its time. It had plenty of action, plenty of violence. And it... All of them. I mean, I, I, I don't know if this would be one that I would actually sit through again. Just because now that I, now that I quote-unquote know the story, not that I didn't already know it, but it would be a, it would be a bit of a slog if I were to have to sit down... And, I mean, I know things were different back in the 50s, and people were more... Yeah. I mean, they go into a movie theater to get out of the heat. <laughs> which, with this being in 1950, in June, you definitely had some heat and some humidity. I mean, if if I were going to watch it again, the only reason why would be to see if some of the Disneyland Imagineers pulled any inspiration from this movie for the Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. to see if I saw anything in the movie that I've seen in the ride that I'm like, oh, that's where that's from. So that's where they got that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But other than that, no, probably not. You're right. And especially considering we've got another Treasure Island coming up in, what, 40 years? With Kermit <laughs> and Miss Piggy and all those very important characters yeah, yeah. in Disney. And we'll get to the whole Jack Sparrow saga at some point Yeah. in the near-distant future. 
Yeah, maybe maybe by the time that we turn a hunt, moving in closer <laughs> to that. Yeah. But moving, do you have anything else to add on before we move into the actual questions for it? No, I think it was entertaining for its time. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the, like I said, the plot twists with uh, Long John Silver. I like the way he talked, too. I like his accent. It was like the, everything was so full of stereotypes and tropes. Like the stereotypical pirate, the stereotypical sword fight, and the captain, and the, everything was so, which you can't do anymore, but we'll talk about that later. But I just like <laughs> listening to Long John Silver's accent. It just, again, it reminds me of the Pirates of the Caribbean, the way he talks. And I like how they say, I, so says you, and so says I. And they so do that says the, Ben Gunn. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if they actually talked like that back then, but they do... In the, in the Pirates of the Caribbean, he does, one of the guys does say that, and that always reminded me of that, reminds me of that ride, so in that sense, it was fun to watch. It, it was, it was a slog, but it, it was a slog that I was glad to actually sit down and watch, because now I know where a lot of things actually come from. Yeah. Even though they all come from books at this time with Disney. Yeah. My one question before we actually move on to the questions is why did Disney, and I know this is probably isn't something that you could answer, but why did Disney pick this for their first live action? Mm. I can only guess, but again, it goes back to the Pirates of the Caribbean. Maybe not specifically, but just Disney was into fairy tale escapism, like yeah. going places that you can't go in real life. That's why when you built Disneyland, you know, you had... Fantasyland, you had Tomorrowland, you had mm -hmm. uh, Adventureland and Frontierland, all these places you could go that you could become and pretend to be something you weren't. So, And I think even even to this day and even back then, everyone wanted to be a pirate. Everyone wanted to be an astronaut or, you know, now a race car driver, whatever. And again, just coming off of the uh, animator strike, you know, and problems, I think he was just getting tired of dealing with animators. So maybe he just decided, let's do some... Uh, Live actors, because he did say, well, if the animators won't work, then I'll just hire live actors. Yeah. And I think he got into a lot of, like, uh, nature documentaries around this time, too. So maybe he just needed to take a break from animation in, in general. And he's like, well, Pirates sounds pretty fun, pretty cool. Now, I was actually I was actually looking on this, and on Wikipedia it says that this was the first version in color and their first completely live action film. A sequel to this film was made, but not by Disney, in wow. 1954, entitled Long John Silver. Okay. So, a sequel um, to a Disney movie that was not a Disney movie. Wow. Yeah. So maybe that picks up with him stranded out in the middle of the ocean, drifting for days and days with nothing but a bottle of rum and <laughs> his gun with one bullet in it. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So let's go ahead and transition... To the questions, since I've already heard you starting to reference them. Oh, did I get ahead of myself? Okay. <laughs> no, you're fine. I, I, I have no problems with getting ahead of ourselves because it sometimes keeps on track. Yeah. So we've already stated that Jim was a liar, a gun-carrying member of the NRA. <laughs> a barkeep, right? <laughs> a barkeep. Yeah. Yeah, and there were there were so many other things that. Well, first of all, with you being underage, I don't think you can actually serve alcohol nowadays until <laughs> you're either 21 or 25. I could be wrong on that. Probably depending on the state, but yeah. yeah. But children are actually allowed beer over in Germany. Yeah, probably wine. France too. Wine in France, yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't 
And this was definitely an English movie. It said in the opening credits, or the opening scene, the West Coast of England. Yeah. So, out in the West Coast of Western Old England. <laughs> no, that's not how this one goes either, is it? Um, let me see. I'm trying to think. I mean, the fact that everybody was ready to backstab at the drop of a hat just to get the gold. Yeah. But, I mean, you have to consider that's a that's a pirate. Well, it even started with Trelawney, who wasn't a pirate, right? When yeah. he found out that the boy had the map, he wanted to get in on it right away and, and commission some people to go get it, which he wanted to keep it hush-hush. Like when someone came and knocked at the door, he hit it behind his back and said, oh, we're good here, go away, leave me alone. Nothing to see here. Please move yeah. along. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we have all of that. So that, none of that would, well, actually, that would probably be the only thing that would actually float in today's society. Because everybody is still out for themselves. Yeah, it'll always be that way. Yeah, always. But as far as having an underage son of an innkeeper running the bar. Yeah. And his mother not even there, and then he's that Bones is not allowed to drink any of the rum, and he's going to go run and, and rat on him. So uh, was there an actual responsible adult there to take care of him, or was it just William Bones, the, the unhealthy drunk? I, I don't know. Now that you mention it, we never did see the mom. Because... I don't even know if there was one. I think that was just a cover, yeah. Well, because if you remember when Trelawney and the doctor were talking about going to Bristol, I think, or wherever to oh yeah to find the his HMS Pinafore. Yeah, he said his mother would never allow it. Yeah. Yeah. So so there so there was a mother, but she was definitely not present. Yeah. And if she was, she was she might have been upstairs drinking, sleeping off a. Bender herself, or having to take care of other duties of the saloon, so to speak. Yeah. So, no. we would definitely have defects called in on this. Yeah. Which would shut the movie down, and we would never get to see Long John Silver. Yep. And all of his drinking, carousing, making the rum cake to be able to get to throw the first mate overboard. <laughs> Which is another, yeah. which is another thing because they never actually showed him die, but they referenced it, and it was like right. Long John was saying, "Don't tell nobody, but you know who really did that." Yeah. Because every person on board a boat back in those days was either the captain or a drunken swill. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Because if you think about it, you didn't have any. I mean. The captain, Trelawney, the captain, the doctor, they were the only three that really didn't show up and get drunk during the movie. And even they had a little, um, well, let's toast to the good success and fortune of this ship as it gets sent off on its voyage. Yeah. But when Jim climbed up on board the ship to try to figure out what was going on and he raised the flag, the two guys that were watching the ship, and I use that in very loose air quotes, Yeah, were both drunk and down under deck. Fighting, yeah. And then you fast forward to later on when we've got, what, five or six men that somehow got back on board the ship, and all of them were drunk, and it was up to Long John Silver to actually calm them all down and say he was going to take all of their rations if they didn't stop drinking them. 
Yeah. So, I guess in order to be a pirate, you had to be willing to not remember anything the next morning. <laughs> Nothing at all. So, yeah, this movie would definitely not be made the way that it was back in the 50s. Yeah. Along with little Jim Hawkins having his first piece at 10 or 11 or 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was actually the part that tripped me out the most about this, because it was one of those things where Long John gave him... Whose gun was it? Wasn't it the captain's gun from the original ship? Well, Finn ended up naming his bird. What was the, the captain's name? Start with an F. Finley? I don't know, something like that. Captain but Flint. Revealed that was his bird's name. It was Captain Flint. Flint. That's who the, the gun was from, yeah. Yeah, so once... Long John and Jim became close and fast friends, and the bird trusted Jim. I guess John said, well, since the bird trusts you, I guess I'll go ahead and give you the guns. That way, worst case scenario, you'll shoot me in the back later on in the movie. And Long John said that the bird was dropping some F-tweets, but I didn't hear any, did you? He said, ah, you've never heard such expletives from a bird, or something like that. Like in the beginning, when he was trying to con trying to get the bird to talk, he it sounded like he said that the bird was using foul language, but I couldn't tell what the bird was saying, so I don't know. Well, that's because he's a bird. Foul yeah. bird. Wow. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Went right over my head. Which is right where it belongs, man. That was a very horrible joke. Got it. Which probably was why he said that. <laughs> um, do we have anything else that won't actually fit into today's society other than two-thirds of the movie? <laughs> yeah it's like it's like blazing saddles it would oh be a seven gosh. minute movie they would edit it for tv and it would be seven minutes long <laughs> blazing saddles the end yeah <laughs> i mean i think they could and would remake it today yeah they did it's called pirates of the caribbean basically i mean not the same movie not the same storyline but it would be something like that i'm sure yeah you have one drunken pirate, and the rest of the people would be fine, upstanding citizens of the crown until the gold started getting mad. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then all bets were off, and then you'd see the backstabbing Barbosa come in, and yes. And there was, there was a professor in Harry Potter named Professor Trelawney. So now that Harry Potter is linked to this, it's a long lost relative. My gosh, I just can't. I'm over it. <laughs> it's another Harry Potter universe. Yes. Interestingly enough, Disney made an offer to J.K. Rowling first to have Disney actually owned by and the, the rights to the amusement parks in Disney, but it didn't work out. Rowling was far too controlling over what she, how she wanted things to be and how much land, and Disney said, no, 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 we make the calls. So she said, skip you, and then she went to Universal. Big mistake, Disney. Can you imagine if the Harry Potter world was in Disney instead of Universal? It might be the it might be its own little world. It would probably be over there in. It would probably be somewhere in Fantasyland if it were actually redone today, or if it if it were a I part of the. If, well, if they had got the rights to that, they may have made instead of Star Wars Land and Hollywood Studios, they might have just made it Harry Potter Land. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Because that was you know years ago when that negotiation was going on when Harry Potter was still, you know, current and hot. Wait. But anyway, I digress. You mean that's not current and hot? 
Oh, they're, they're still making rides for it over Universal, so they just made a Hagrid roller coaster, what, last year, so they're trying to keep it relevant. And there are still movies of Grindelwald, Crimes of Grindelwald and all that, so there are still movies coming out, but now we're getting way off the tracks. <laughs> oh, wow, I just got that. <laughs> Woo, I could do this all day. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of, man. That's what I am so afraid of. Okay, so let's steer this back onto the tracks and ask the other two important questions. Is this movie mirrored in culture? I mean, there is not a actual uh, Treasure Island in any of the Disneys that I'm aware of. Well, there was in downtown Disney. There was an adult district called Pleasure Island, but that's different. That's from what? Peter Pan, right? Pleasure yeah. Island was from Peter Pan. No, actually, I think that was from um, Pinocchio. Pinocchio, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. When all the little boys came in and then turned them into donkeys. Yeah. Um, I don't think so. There's no direct correlation to the parks that I'm aware of. Mm, no, although you would think there would be a ride or an attraction. There may be some some restaurant or some gift shop somewhere that I'm not thinking of somewhere. But as far as I know, no. As you mentioned, there's a there's a fast food chain. <laughs> which is not which is not owned by Disney. No. Or by yes. the Stevenson family. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. Right. Well, this is actually, I think this is the first movie that there's not actually been a Disney tie-in in some form, some form, fashion, or sort. Because even with the the Mickey, the Mickey's um, Mickey and the Beanstalk, there was the store in Disney. Right. Yeah. In the Magic Kingdom, yeah. Yeah. Not that I can think of. No. Well, how does this fit into the, into today's society? I don't know why I can't say those words. Today. Well, we'll always have a fascination with pirates, I think. Of course, it was, as we've mentioned several times already, it's been overshadowed by the Pirates of the Caribbean. I think it's the, it can be considered maybe the influence or the original design or the thought process for that, I think. I could, I could definitely see that as a as an inspiration for that um i mean we don't hear anybody calling their naming their children after anyone in this movie well i mean jim and john but that goes a whole lot deeper than just now if they start to have a lot of trelawney's pop up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i can't really put my finger on anything that's that's real that's mirrored in culture or fits into today's society at all for this one other than people wanting to everybody wants the gold everybody wants to get rich oh yeah definitely everyone dreams of getting a treasure map and finding hidden treasure or something like that yeah yeah so do we have anything else to add to this one before we wrap it up and throw it out to sea (laughs) make it walk the plank yes that's actually that's one thing that i was kind of i don't know why but i thought that might have been somewhere in this movie nobody ever got told to go visit davy jones yeah you would think with everything else all the other stereotypes he threw in why not Mm -hmm. but no you're right they didn't no i think that's about it for this one well for everyone that tuned in i want to thank we want to thank you for listening um if you have something to say or something that we missed in this episode, drop us a line. Our email is bekindrewinddmp at gmail.com. 
Once again, that is Be Kind Rewind DMP, which stands for Disney Movie Podcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, rate us, review us, because that's the only way that people find out about us, other than word of mouth, which we do appreciate all the shares that we get on Facebook when this does go up on Saturday mornings and throughout the week. Listen, um, next week is Labor Day. So because of that, we are going to give Icky a week off so that way he can relax <laughs> and enjoy the wonder that is Disney, if that's possible. Yeah, probably will, now that you mention it. And we are actually going to be joined by a listener of the show, which is our first listener guest. Blake Nance will be on. and No relation, right? No, no no. Um, no relation <laughs> that I'm aware of. I'm, I'm actually going to talk to him about that probably sometime before we get into the actual episode. But he will be bringing, or we will be bringing three Disney shorts, so y'all can tune in and see what he's see what he is bringing to the show. I do know that we will be covering the tortoise and the hare, not the Bugs Bunny version. I was going to say that's Disney. According to him, it is. And then we will also be covering the um, the Moana-adjacent movie, or the short Lava. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. I like playing that song on my... Yeah, that's actually... I I actually have watched that one, so I can definitely um, put that one in for a rewatch. Oh, my goodness. Tortoise and the Hare is actually a silly symphony from 1935. Whoa. So okay. we are we are actually going pre Walt Disney World, pre Walt Disney, pre wow. Mickey Mouse even. No, Mickey Mouse was nineteen twenty. You're going way back. Way back. Okay. And then there will be a third one which we are still trying to decide. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you guys will have to tune in to find out what the third episode is next week. For sure. And until then, stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for those pirates. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Again, the the world will never know. It's just like the how world. many licks does it no. takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. So. I believe we all saw the commercial, and the answer is three. <laughs> a one, a two, a, two, a, three. a three. Yes, right. thank you, sir.